0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Inside Asperger Studios. Have you ever had a child who's struggling in school and you didn't know what to do? Well, my next guest, Andrea Pollock, left her successful job, homeschooled her kid. Now she's helping many more parents and children on the autistic spectrum. So sit back, relax, and grab your favorite beverage, and I'll see you on the other side. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Asperger Studios. Today, I'm joined with Andrea Pollack. Welcome to the show, Andrea.
1: Thank you. so nice to be here, and thank you for having me.
0: Not a problem. Now, I usually like to ask my guests, so tell me about yourself.
1: Okay. Um, I am the mother of a 24-year-old young man with autism, and um, I was a lawyer for 19 years, And when he was a youngster, I couldn't find a school that could really serve him. So I left that career after 19 years and I homeschooled him. I did that for eight years. And after eight years, he was ready to go back to school. So I also chose to go back to school and got my master's in education because I wanted to be able to share what I had learned over the course of those eight years with other parents. And I wanted to be able to share it most effectively. So I earned my master's, and then I started an organization, Autism Parent Solutions, um, to help parents uh, learn parenting skills and mindset support, uh, and I do education and coaching for parents.
0: All right. What was it like leaving your job to help your son?
1: Well, I mean, at first, it was a little scary. I really loved my career, honestly. So... You know, it wasn't really in the plans to leave that, but I saw that he needed something different and there were a lot of lawyers and he only had one mom. So it was a no brainer from that perspective. Um, But I also had no idea what I was doing. So I had to learn a lot quickly to be able to help and support him.
0: All right. Now, what made you realize your son was autistic to the point that you had to have had him tested at
1: the age of two? Uh, well, you know, it was interesting. He was one of those kids who he developed pretty typically and he spoke and he was interactive. And just before the age of two, his language stopped developing and, uh, you know, he stopped making eye contact as much. And I knew there was something going on. And it was interesting because the first person I took him to said, Oh, he's not autistic. He, he gave him some tests and he said, Oh, he might be a genius, but he's not autistic. And I thought, Oh my gosh, I'm being neurotic. And then I went home and a few weeks later I was like, I'm not being neurotic. There's something going on here. So then we followed through with the whole testing process.
0: All right. So what is a typical day like for you?
1: Well, now that he's 24, I don't have, you know, the, the daily care of him. So, um, you know, back in the day when I was homeschooling, um, we we did it for eight hours a day, um, seven days a week, and I had a lot of support. I had a lot of people who came in and helped, and, and uh, you know, I was very fortunate, and then I, I did have a lot of support, but we had – everybody had a two-hour session, and I had a, at least one two-hour session each day, and we just kept, you know, playing with him. We were trying to – get him to want to relate and communicate with us Mm -hmm. Um, because he, when he was in school, you know, he's so sensitive. His sensory system is so sensitive and he just kept withdrawing further and further into himself. So to invite him to come out, we just had to be, you know, soft and gentle and playful and fun. So that's where we started.
0: All right. What kind of sensory issues does he have?
1: uh well his hearing is certainly uh very very sensitive he walks around a lot with his hands over his ears to protect himself not only is the hearing overwhelming but i think the any sudden noise really just gets his heart palpitating Mm. um so that's that's a big one um I would say that's probably the biggest one. I mean, he does. He has certain, you know, visual stims that he really enjoys. He likes to pour water and, you know, watch it uh, out the side of his eye, and um, you know that that's a. I think that's a sensory related thing. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, he's uh, he he doesn't feel pain quite as, um, you know, quite as strongly as as I do, for example. That, that's another issue that's probably sensory-related.
0: All right. Has he tried headphones?
1: Yep. uses headphones a lot. Uh, he, uh, in fact, it was very cute. When he went back to school, um, he was in eighth grade when he started. And then when he got to high school, they had dances at his high school. And he really wanted to go to the dance. But between the the lights that were going to be flashing and the loud noise, it was a real you know decision whether he thought he could handle it so he went into that dance with his headphones proudly on his ears and he stood in the back in the corner and loved every minute
0: oh good for him yeah now do you have any memorable stories you can share with about him
1: um wow i have so many memorable stories um You know, some of them were surprising moments. So what happened? So he developed typically in terms of his language and then lost it all. And then he, yeah. And then he really didn't speak again intelligibly till about seven. He had some words, but they were more word approximations. They weren't real words. Um, But I can understand some of what he was saying, but nobody else could. Um, But every once Mm -hmm. in a while he would come out with something. So, I don't know why this story just flashed into my head, but one day um, my parents had traveled to see us and we were having lunch together. And, you know, Matthew was never really one for sitting at the table really for a long time. So, you know, we let him go around, do his thing. And he came over and he went to pick a piece of food off of my mother's plate, (laughs) which, you know, I was like cool with it, but she was very rule bound. And she said to him, Matthew, Like she was, you know, stern. She was, what's the magic word? And she was looking for thank you, and he goes abracadabra. Where did (laughs) she get that? At the time, and I had explained Uh, to her that we we weren't using words like thank you because they weren't functional. Like they they not that we didn't want to get there eventually, but they weren't going to, you know. I wanted him to say things like drink and eat and sleep and things that were going to help him get more of what he wanted. Mm -hmm. So I had already explained to her that like, thank you was that we weren't, we didn't have a big, you know, push on thank you. And she, nevertheless, she couldn't help herself. You know, she wanted, what's the magic word. And I, I just couldn't believe it. So there were just so many moments like that, where he would come up with something um, that nobody knew he knew. Um, Here's another one. This is an amazing one. He, I had a, a teacher who uh, was part of the program. She came to the house a couple of days a week for a two hour session each day. And one of his, one of the things he loves is he loves magazines and books. And he would pile them up on a big chair and he would then pull out like the, from like there would be a hundred stacked and he'd pull out the one he, exact one he wanted. So one day he pulled out this, um, It's called like an encyclopedia of a million things. Mm -hmm. He opened it to the page showing a pregnant woman, but like with a side view, like showing like you could see the baby inside curled up. Like it was showing you what a baby looked like inside. And he brought it over to her and was pointing at it. And she's, you know, she was trying to engage him in conversation and he kept just saying baby and then touching her stomach. she came out that day and she said I am so freaked out she said I am pregnant I haven't told anyone yet he seemed to know
0: he seemed to have some kind of insight yep and he's he's got a very insightful knowing I mean some something inside his head that she looks different and it's either he could have went the opposite way and said she was fat (laughs) yeah But, but she
1: didn't even look different. I, I looked at her. She didn't look anything to me, but somehow he, you know, he had a higher sensitivity to something yeah, than I, I mean, did. That
0: That is amazing that he would know that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, the, you know, the broad um, takeaway from that kind of thing, or even the abracadabra story is, you know, we just can't underestimate our kids, right? they, they know so much just because they can't show us in the way we want to be shown what they know. Doesn't mean they don't know it. Doesn't mean there's not, you know, just a tremendous amount of knowledge and wisdom in there.
0: All right. Now, when did you decide you wanted to help other parents and those are other autistics?
1: Um, well, you know, when we were in the last year of homeschooling i knew that i was about to be fired from my day job because i was (laughs) going to send him to school Um, and i really wanted to think about what's next and i definitely could have gone back to practicing law but i i just found the whole um you know the whole experience of homeschooling him you know so incredible including all of the trial and error and failure and tears. And, you know, it wasn't, I'm not saying it was like a, an amazing, easy experience, not at all. I really, um, you know, I, I had to grow a lot to be able to do that. And I realized that if I took that all with me, and went to do something else that, you know, that was a shame if all of us were separately doing that, right, all the parents. Mm-hmm. And I just knew that I could spare parents so much struggle, so much because I felt like I got where I needed to go, but it took me a very long time. Right. And I knew I could help parents get there faster and enjoy more of the time. So You're right. in that moment I decided I, I have to really figure out a way to share this and share it in a way that's impactful and, you know, powerful for parents.
0: Now, how is he doing in school?
1: Um, today he's doing great. Um, you know, he's still, uh, he still has some high support needs, but, um, you know, one of the things that I'm really so happy about that I think was the result of us taking that detour and homeschooling, and then, you know, you know, taking it from there is he loves people, he's mm-hmm. interactive, he trusts people, he, um, and he's so happy, And he's confident. I mean, he thinks he is all that in a bag of chips. Like he, (laughs) he just thinks he's pretty great because we were constantly focusing on setting him up for success. So he experienced like success after success after success, which is what builds self-esteem, right? So instead of Mm -hmm. having him struggle and struggle and fail, which can be very, you know, damaging to a kid he grew up in an environment where he just thought, I, I've got this. I'm pretty great. So, you know, as a result, he's the kid who everybody falls in love with, mm-hmm. right? He, you know, he's, he's lovable. He loves people. He's um, you know, he just, he's, he's interactive. He does have language. He can talk, but you know, he's not like a big conversationalist, but you know, he can, he can get the job done.
0: Has he made friends yet?
1: Absolutely. He, um, yeah, he has, uh, yeah, he has a bunch of friends. They're all different, all different ages. One of his best friends is 70 and, uh, he, he's currently living in a home with some support with some other friends and she just adores him and he adores her and, you know, he doesn't care that she's older (laughs) and, uh, yeah, they like some of the same things. They like some of the same TV, you know. So, yeah, he has a bunch of friends. A lot of same age friends as well, of course, but.
0: Now, I take it you created an IEP for him before he went into high school.
1: Yes, we did do that. Right. Um, you know, I I was so happy after, you know, after we homeschooled him, we were able to find a school that, is so amazing, honestly. Um, and they really were able to see his strengths and work with mm-hmm. his strengths. And it wasn't all about here are all the shortcomings and we're gonna just focus on that. Of course, we had to recognize those, and that was important. I'm not saying we shouldn't, but um, you know, they they continued the path that we had been on of really helping him feel successful, mm-hmm. but not not making it easy, right? We wanted him to grow, so it wasn't like, Every day was a success. He experienced, um, you know, challenging moments, but he was always willing to try because he always believed he was going to succeed.
0: Now on your website, you mentioned you tried different therapies. Did you ever try ABA?
1: We did try ABA early on. Um, but also remember that was 20 years ago. Mm. So, You know, I think ABA has evolved a lot since then, um, but it was not a good fit for him at the time. Um, You know, I do think it can, there are elements of it that can be well done. Um, I, you know, I'm not against anything in particular, but for him, there was, um, you know, it felt like for him, there was like an agenda being forced on him. And he was like, I'm not having any of this. You can't make me. That was sort of his attitude. (laughs) So we weren't getting anywhere and it wasn't right. And it it didn't feel good at the time. So, right. um, But I know that today there's, you know, it's so much more evolved and developed and it can be so helpful for children.
0: So when he got into high school, how, how did he adjust with all the new settings of having people of all ages teach having actual classes where you're Mm -hmm. in the classroom where you got to focus Because I remember when I was in high school, it was always teachers calling my house and it would be, Reed can't focus, Reed can't sit still, Reed can't pay attention until one class. And it was like, you won't believe it. He's sitting still, he's focusing and he's paying attention. And it was my general science class.
1: Right. Of course, you loved it. So you were able to focus much better. Yeah. Yeah. Well for him, so he was in a, uh, a special ed school. So he was mm-hmm. so they were very, uh, they were very knowledgeable about why he was the way he was, um, what to do about it. Right. So they weren't judging him ever. That was very important for me because, um, he didn't have that experience because he was in this special environment. Um, but interesting. So he, uh, So when he first started, he went to, he was in eighth grade. So that was a middle school class and they had him repeat eighth grade because it did take him quite a while to get in, you know, in tune with being in a school environment. There's this one story I remember it just almost, I'm going to try not to get choked up when I tell it, but there was one day that, and the teacher just repeated this story to me offhand. And I don't think she had any idea how meaningful it was to me, but she said the the children were all sitting in the class, and she said, okay, everybody, time to go get your lunches. And he looked at her, and he pointed to himself. She said, as if to ask, am I a part of everybody? I thought, oh, my gosh, the first time he's a part of everybody, right? Mm -hmm. But it just shows you how much he had to learn to be in that environment, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah. Go ahead.
0: It's I mean, it's hard. I mean, when you're in when you're going from homeschooling to being in the whole school setting, it's like you're thrown into the deep end and you got to you got to learn to swim.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But they were very, very supportive of that. And, you know, the whole last year that I homeschooled, we did work a lot on um, some of the prerequisites like sitting at the desk, right? Because before that, we had a lot of, um, you know, sort of free form education, but we taught, you know, we had to teach him that I actually, here's another funny story about him. I was trying to teach him to do worksheets because mm-hmm. he had never done worksheets. That was just wasn't something we did at home, but he was going to have to do things like that at school. So I gave him like really simple worksheets so that he could, you know, work on the process of doing worksheets. Right, and not the content, because the content was simple. Right, So I didn't want to have two hurdles at the same time. So on one of these worksheets, so he gets the sheet, he writes his name, and the first question is, which one of these items is a square? And it had, and you're supposed to put a circle around that item. And so there was an ice cream cone, a napkin, you know, a, um, a box of some sort, just a whole, you know, an ice cream container. So he looks at the whole thing and there was one square and he circles it. And I said, okay, that was great. I said, "But well, let's go through and just like figure this out. So, all right, what is this? He said, it's an ice cream cone. And I said, right. And that's not a square. But what about this one? I was pointing to the napkin. <laughs> and he, he said that, I said, isn't that a square? He said, no. I said, well, what is it? He goes, it's a napkin. <laughs> I mean, he's so literal, right? And I was like, you're right. The, the question is wrong. The question should be what, which of these is in the shape of a square, not which one of these Mm -hmm. is a square. He was absolutely right. So that was one of the, you know, another one of those Matthew stories.
0: I mean, that reminds me of a story. I went to a podcast conference and I met this guy who was living with his girlfriend, who his son was autistic. And he goes, he said something about let's he talks, he's like, what are we going to do? And he's like, well, we're gonna play everything by air. And he just looks at him, he's like, What do you mean play it by air? We our minds think so differently. We my mom puts it, we think in black and white. There is no right. middle ground, no gray. We it's right. either right or wrong.
1: Yeah. But you know, what's interesting about it is, you know, in in the example I gave, he wasn't wrong. No. Right. He the question was which one of these is a square? And there was only one square there the napkin was in the shape of a square.
0: Yeah. I mean, in all sense, all in all in all essence, it it's the wording that f- I think that throws us off. Because our minds don't go to, okay, are they being literal or are they being more figurative?
1: Mm-hmm. hmm Right. And you know, it's not fair that um, just because more people would look at it one way, doesn't mean that the other way is wrong, right? So that's right. an interesting, you know, we have to, we all have to keep an open mind as to what things mean.
0: Now, has he found his special interest yet?
1: Um, he has a number of special interests. I mean, he <laughs> loves anything to do with water. So, uh, you know, he 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 just. You know, I'm sure that he's doing like really interesting calculations about speed of water and the sound of water and like the, you know he just he used to be able to fling when he, he was quite young. He would like have a glass and there'd be a bucket and he'd fling water, and he would fling it until the water just was at the top but never went over. Like I don't know how he knew how to like if I did that it, first of all it'd splash everywhere, and I couldn't calculate with my with my eyes how much water was would be left to fill the bucket mm-hmm. and he could do that like with hundred percent accuracy. That's one thing he actually loves. He loves like sorting and um, categorizing. So he loves recycling. <laughs> uh, that's a passion for him, uh, which is quite convenient because he likes to help take out all the garbage and the recycling. That's really nice. Um, and yeah, I mean, he, he has a lot of, a lot of interests. Uh, but does when he he's any... interested he's passionately interested right it's like it's not mm-hmm. like like you said it's it's special in the way he it, it emerges for him
0: does he have any hobbies that he likes to do
1: um he well he likes to listen to classical music
0: hmm.
1: um and his favorite thing really though is to go to the beach um mm-hmm. which you know, having been raised in New York City, he didn't get to do that often, but uh, we're now living in Florida with him and uh, he gets to go to the beach a lot. That's, so that would say that's his favorite thing to do.
0: All right. Can you tell me what's the most rewarding thing about what you're doing now?
1: Yeah, well, watching the transformation that happens for parents And for their relationship with their child, because most of the parents, when they come to me, you know, one of the things I love is that they're very loving and they want to do the right thing, but they're parenting in most cases the way they were raised, right? So when their child doesn't do something that they want them to do, they yell at them. And the first thing we work on is perspective, right? Helping them see that that's never going to teach the child the skill that they need Mm -hmm. to be able to do the thing they're not doing. So we, we help them shift that perspective and then we teach them how to set them up for success. Mm-hmm. Like I talked about with Matthew, right? Like, so we, we want to meet them where they are and then raise the bar like a little, but in increments that they can tolerate, right? When we set mm-hmm. a bar that's way too high, we're setting them up for failure and then that doesn't feel good to anyone. Um, but watching the transformation it happens rapidly once they have once they embrace the new perspective and start teaching them in small steps. and the small steps add up to really big gains really quickly. That's and it's just so exciting. And they feel closer than ever to their children. And I just really love to watch that
0: cool. now does does Matthew know what he wants to do after? he's done like with college, does he have like a profession in mind?
1: You know, it's hard to say he's not in college, he's in a more of a, you know, a school based, um, job preparation kind of program. Um, he, he does, he has had some jobs and does have some jobs. Uh, you know, I don't know that he has a big perspective, you know, he, like I said, he still has some pretty high support needs. Um, but honestly, I think if he could, his, his dream job would be to put things on shelves at Trader Joe's.
0: Trader <laughs> Joe's is like one of his
1: favorite stores. Ugh. And when he sees somebody putting things on the shelves, he just is like a magnet. He wants to watch. He wants to help. Um, if he sees something that's disorganized, he organizes it on the shelf. So I think if he had a dream job, that would be it. And, you know, I, I don't see why that's not possible for him.
0: All right how is he doing now i mean he's obviously in school how are he how is he with his classes is he enjoying him is he understanding what's being taught to him
1: he is i mean i what i'm excited about and what i try to tell parents because you know a lot of times they come to me their children are younger that there's it doesn't stop he's you know he's 24 he's learning all the time he's learning new things he's learning new mm-hmm. skills he's maturing and, um, you know, he's, he's doing really well. He's, um, you know, it's always a journey of, it's a lot of things, right. He's learning, uh, information certainly, but it's also all of the skills and all of the, how to put it all together, how to, you know, how to be his best self in, you know, as a citizen in society. So he's working on all those things and he's doing great.
0: Now, does he have ADHD as well?
1: You know, he's never been officially diagnosed with that, but certainly attention has always been a very serious issue, unless it's something he absolutely loves. Then he could pay attention to it for 10 hours at a time. But most right. of the time, it's a very mm-hmm. serious issue for him. Uh, and impulsivity, all of, you know, all of the things that also, you know, they they the things that. ADHD and autism have in common. He has a lot of those.
0: (laughs) Now let's go back to homeschooling for a minute. Sure. How did you, how did you choose the teachers for him? I mean, did you have a criteria in mind? Were they teachers who knew how to deal with those who were autistic or were they just regular teachers?
1: Um, That's such a great question. It was a combination. It was, um, there were some people, some teachers, there were some ABA teachers actually. Mm-hmm. And the criteria there was that they had to be open to trying a new way. That we we were absolutely going to um, you know, look at his education with a new perspective. It was going to be not about forcing him to do anything, but about getting him to come along with us. And to do that, we had to be really fun. We couldn't be um, you know, we had to be fun and creative, which actually you know, the teachers liked, right, they liked that freedom. So that was criteria for those, some of those people. I had um, two actors on my team, and they were amazing, right? Mm. They were creative and vibrant, and Matthew loved being with them. Um, I, ha- I had a, a friend of mine who was a lawyer who worked with him as well. Uh, and, you know, so we just, we trained everybody in the same Types of methodologies, uh, and then we we had team meetings every other week. I gave them feedback once a week. Um, you know, and we just tried to keep it moving the best we could. Uh, and mm-hmm. if but if somebody wasn't a good fit, we you know we we nicely uh, discussed why it wasn't a good fit, and we moved on.
0: Now, how did you feel? when you sent them off to school it it had to be kind of like a sad kind of melancholy moment for you because here you are sending your your boy off to school you're no longer the teacher you're putting your trust in the school system
1: you're right oh my gosh you 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 capture that perfectly right um yeah i uh i think for the first month probably I sat by the phone like just waiting because I was sure that something was going to go terribly wrong the um the day before his first day of school I called and I asked if I could bring him to the school so he could see it because I didn't you know I didn't I was going to bring him to his first day of school I wasn't going to send him on a bus eventually I did but I, I was going to bring him anyway but I didn't want him to see it with everybody in there and all the noise and hubbub and they were like sure that would be great so I bring him to the school and we walk in and the head of the school is standing there. And he said, come on, Matthew, let me show you your classroom. And Matthew goes off with him. He goes like right up the stairs. I'm like, but, but, but what I (laughs) thought, I thought he was going to be like timid and want me to come with him. And and he was like, see ya. (laughs) (laughs) So he was really ready.
0: How does he handle? I mean, he, The noise. I mean, of course, you have the school bells ringing for class. You have noise of the hallways of the kids going to and from. How does he handle all that? I mean, because it's got to be a lot of sensory coming at you.
1: Yes. And it was very different from being home one on one with a teacher. Um, But again, the school was really knowledgeable about children like Matthew at the time. Um, They you know, they always had a pair of headphones handy if it was seeming too much for him. But the really interesting thing was that he was so ready to be social that he, you know, he made himself tolerate the sensory piece in order to be with other people. He was so ready to be social Mm. with peers. And that's why I sent him back when I did, because, you know, I was loving it. Now I had it all dialed in. I knew how to do it. I knew we were making progress but I couldn't create that social environment for him that he needed to get in school. So uh, yeah, so he was, he was ready for it. And I, it was so interesting. I could see him, you know, making the choice to tolerate some of the sensory overload in order to be around peers.
0: Now does he mask or does he just show people who he is? I mean, every i believe we shouldn't have to mask to show the world who we are that everyone should accept us for who we are because we're unique why hide that
1: i agree with you completely i think um you know i don't i don't think he masks i don't think he's aware that people do that i don't think he thinks he should necessarily again i think it goes back to his level of need right he's Mm -hmm. not as you know, entirely knowledgeable about the way things mm-hmm. should be,
0: right.
1: um, you know, so, and again, like back to like, he really thinks he's pretty great. So he <laughs> doesn't see the need. <laughs> but other, th- I'll give you another example of that. Like, so he, uh, you know, where we live now, he can, he can go to the beach and he comes in the side door where there's a, and he showers, he does everything. And he can do all that independently and he takes off his bathing suit. And he takes his bathing suit, you know, to the laundry room by himself and washes it, and hangs it on that. So all that's all great. But he walks across from one side of the house to the other, like naked, like, dude, you can't do that. <laughs> like, no, sorry, like, not okay. So I said, you have to put your towel around you. And he's like, okay. So the next day he comes out and his towel is around his neck. Because so I said, you have to put your <laughs> towel around you, and he's still uh, naked on the bottom. Okay. I was like, okay, again, I probably need, it. but he didn't like it. Didn't occur to him that there was any problem with this. He just was who he was, um, and then again, it was also a problem of I wasn't specific enough about what putting your towel around you meant.
0: Right, has he joined any clubs?
1: Um, you know he. He, um, he participates with a group and they do mm-hmm. things, um, like they go, it was, it was a lot different before COVID was actually, you know, like, so now it's sort of starting to get back cause that was an issue, but, um, you know, they, they will go out to a meal on the weekend or go bowling on a weeknight. Uh, so he does have the opportunity to engage in those kinds of social activities and he loves it.
0: Right. Now, is he part of any of the schools, clubs or societies or things like swimming, part of the swim team or part of any of the sporting teams?
1: Um, the school where he is, they don't really have that. It's not really big enough to support right. that. When he was in high school, the high school was big enough for that. And yeah, we tried everything. Um, you know, he, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he did, we did softball for a while. Um and he was very distracted by other things. So he that wasn't a big success. <laughs> and then we did track and which is funny because he loves to run. So this was funny. One day, um, so they had a track meet. I went to the track meet and it was, you know, we lived in the city and it was in Brooklyn, it was really far, and we had to take the subway and the whole thing. So um it was his turn to race, and they start the race with a gun. Well, he freaked out. He was like, No, 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 and he couldn't do it. So he so finally, like somebody went and like sort of helped him, you know, and he finally did it. It was fine. And then it was time to go. And he starts running to the subway and I can't catch up with him. I'm like, now you're running? Are you kidding? Because <laughs> like, he's so, that's why I thought track would be great for him because he's so fast and he's a good runner. And, but when it was in the race, it was, I think, the, the, the The sound of the starting gun was, was shocking. So he couldn't really do it in that moment. And then, like mm-hmm. I said, I could not keep up with him. We're running to the subway. I'm like, wait for me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we did try, we tried a lot of those things. And, you know, I think again, he enjoyed the social piece. Um, you know, some of the sports that's okay. We just worth trying.
0: Now, how is he with like traveling around on his own?
1: Um, we haven't, really gotten to that point yet um again he's uh somewhat impulsive and sometimes Mm. in his little in his own world when he's like not paying attention to things so um I never you know he knows the rules like if he would get to the corner he would wait for me to cross like he so he knows he knows how to do it but I I never got to the place where I felt um that it was safe you know, he, when we go into a store, he can go on his own. I'll be like, i am meet you in the front in 15 minutes. So he can do that. Like, it's not that kind of thing he can certainly do. But out out in the world, uh, I, I'm not sure of that. I know a lot of parents go through that. Um, but I was never encouraged by his teachers to be like, no, you have to lighten up. You have to let him do it. None of them ever said that. That's good. So, yeah. So I felt like, yeah, it was probably okay keeping still keeping an eye on him.
0: And finally... Where can people find out more about you and what you offer?
1: Thank you for asking that. I appreciate it. So, not a problem. If you think you're ready for parent coaching and a parenting program where you learn parenting skills, if that sounds so great to you that you think, you know, where do I sign up? What you can go ahead and book a call with me directly at autismparentsolutions.com forward slash apply. That'll take you right to my calendar. But if you want to learn more about the program, more about me, um, the best thing to do is to go to my website, autismparentsolutions.com. If you go to the media page, you'll be able to see some of the podcasts I've been on and um, articles I've written, things like that. Uh, I also have a free training on my website uh, that you can watch and learn more about, you know, the philosophy of what I teach and, uh, you know, what the program is going to be about. And then you can book a call if that's interesting. So AutismParentSolutions.com. And, you know, I love the opportunity to work with parents because I know I can make life so much easier, so much sooner, right? I think parents figure it out eventually through a lot of trial and error, Um, but I can help accelerate that process. Uh, And I just am so passionate about what I do. I love it.
0: And that's it, ladies and gentlemen. That was Andrea Pollock. And I'll see you on the next one. See you there, everyone. <laughs>
2: I want to believe in the truth, but only see what I'm shown. Got the freedom to choose, but can't decide on my own. Follow what the group is thinking. Bottle up my intuition till it's popping out the box that I don't fit in. want to believe in the truth, but only see what I'm shown. Got the freedom to choose, but can't decide on my own. Follow what the group is thinking. Bottle up my intuition till it's popping out the box that I don't fit in. Shape shifting, same play a different position. No definition can stick with them. Drifting through these layers of wisdom. I take a break from tradition. I move away from what's expected. Change the music. Ride the way, but keep the message. Crushing this dimension, is still deception. Every entrance, have good intentions, no exceptions, and leave the rest up to the heavens. Your only plan to be the secret. Become yourself, cause more than half would you believe It was crafted to be misleading for the benefit of someone else. In the truth, but only see what I'm shown. Got the freedom to choose, but can't decide on my own. Follow what the group is thinking, bottle up my intuition till it's popping up the box that I don't fit in. I wanna believe in the truth, but only see what I'm shown. Got the freedom to choose, but can't decide on my own. Follow what the group is thinking, bottle up my intuition till it's popping up the box that I don't fit in. Hey. Hey, hey, yeah, I don't fit in. I don't walk right the traps While you closing in the walls I'll be hoosing out the cracks To the relax, Don't breathe These are the facts least, stutters Living a mask Suckers <laughs> Keep moving along to the beat Brainwash Rinse and repeat Keep pulling about with the sheet I'll go got to an eve Know what I mean? Probably not Honesty shocks find this. The only box I'll ever fit in Is the one that I die the Truth, but only see what I'm shown. Got the freedom to choose, but can't decide on my own. Follow what the group is thinking, battle up my intuition, till it's popping up the box that I don't fit in. Wanna believe in the truth, but only see what I'm shown. Got the freedom to choose, but can't decide on my own. Follow what the group is thinking, battle up my intuition, till it's popping up the box that I don't fit in. Hey, hey, yeah, I don't fit in. Hey, hey, I don't fit in.